statements in this podcast have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Today's episode is brought to you by Megafood Adrenal Strength. Got stress? Who doesn't? Megafood Adrenal Strength nourishes adrenal glands depleted by everyday physical, mental, and emotional stress with the help of Sensoril, a clinically studied extract derived from ashwagandha root shown to promote feelings of well-being and balance, plus organical orange, brown rice from Lumberg Family Farms, and food state magnesium. Show fatigue and tension the door, and say hello to restored adrenal function. Welcome to episode 17 of That Supplement Show. Today, Abigail and Colleen are here to talk about the biomechanics of stress and how this prevalent affliction affects us each differently. They'll share some personal anecdotes, discuss stress as a spectrum, and share a few practices to support a healthy response when that proverbial tiger rears its head. Let's hear what they have to say. So if you caught the last episode of That Supplement Show, I was speaking with integrative physician Dr. Taroni Lodog, who is a total expert when it comes to many subjects, but we were specifically speaking on the topic of adaptogens that day. And I learned a lot, and it really got me thinking about how you know, we use adaptogens to help normalize the body, especially when we're experiencing stress. So I thought we should talk about stress. So with me here, of course, is my co-host, Abigail. Hello, Colleen. Hi. So what do you think, Abby? Do you think we can kind of you know, delve into stress? And I mean, there are so many different places we could go with that topic, but my goal is a nice, you know, quick, concise 20 minute conversation. Maybe that we can make, uh, maybe we can have a buzzer. So we try to get this all in in 20 minutes, our feelings and thoughts about stress, where it comes from, kind of how it differs today than it did way back when, um, you know, no longer a primal instinct. Um, well, no, it is a primal instinct, but we no longer have primal situations all the time that are triggering that stress. It's just, we live in a weird time. And, and I think that it's important to kind of take a step back and see what's causing us this turmoil and, and what we can maybe do about it. I completely agree, Colleen. I think that stress is something everybody can, you know, resonates with everyone. We've all experienced it. And your mention of it being this primal response, I think is a really great place for us to start this conversation because a lot is happening in the body when we experience stress. And we talk sometimes about the fight or flight response. And I think it's a, something so common that we can just roll it off the tongue. But do we really know what that means and what's happening in the body when we're stressed? So I thought if it sounds good with you, Colleen, I'd take a couple minutes and just kind of talk about the things that are happening in the body when we feel that stress coming on. Yeah, I think that's great because let's face it, when we're in those moments, I mean, the last thing we're doing is thinking about biologically what's happening. We're just in a full-on panic or we're, we're in fight or flight. So yeah, let's talk about what that means. Yeah, absolutely. So this is something that it's happening in a part of our body called the sympathetic nervous system. And you don't need to know that to understand that a lot of things are going on when you feel that stress start to bubble up. So we have that fight or flight response and we call it that because we're really priming our body to either physically fight off something that is threatening us or to flee from it. And so our body is preparing us to do those things. It's, you know, diverting resources to make us better able to defend ourselves. So some of the things that are happening, we have um, in 
increase in our heart rate, our blood pressure is going to increase, our breathing naturally is going to speed up. Um, we're also going to be diverting blood to the skeletal muscles in our brain so that we're primed to you know, run away from that tiger that our body seems to think is chasing us down. Our digestion is going to slow down because that is resources in this instance that we can't you know, spare. All those resources have to go to helping us run away. So digestion is slowing down. Even our pupils become dilated. And the reason being is that we want to let more light in so that we can see our surroundings better in that moment. So it is a very primal response. But as you said, our current you know, society, we're not encountering these primal stressors, but we still have the same body response to it. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but when I start feeling all of those physical things, it just puts my mind into an absolute swirl of like those things don't feel good to me. Whereas I think they might if a real tiger was chasing me, I would I, I would act upon exactly what I was feeling. And, you know, for instance, it, it would I, I feel like that might be helpful. But, you know, if I'm just in my mind freaking out about something and there is no tiger, then then those things feel scary. They, they feel wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. They are scary. I mean, our heart racing and, you know, all of the blood pumping, those are scary things that we don't, that don't happen all the time. And if we don't have to run away, then we're just sitting here kind of stewing in that response to a really minor, you know, threat to our life, realistically. So maybe we can talk about what some of those threats are. Yeah. You know, so I'm using air quotes around threats. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I actually, I kind of pulled together um, a few thoughts about this because I had wanted to talk to you about stress today. And so here's some of the things that, uh, you know, maybe I, I would think when you hear them, you'll say, yeah, that makes sense. But these are things that maybe we're just not thinking about as common everyday stressors, but yet they are. Um, so I'll share a couple and then maybe you can share some too. Um, so th this one's really interesting. Um, in our world, efficiency is really up, but security is down. So like, let's think about that for a moment. Right now, like our standards of living are really high because, I mean, no matter where you turn, for one, we're being advertised to, even when we do, don't realize it, um, we are constantly being inundated with messaging, right? So when that's happening, I think we're constantly in our brains thinking, not not overtly thinking this, but thinking, is what I have good enough? Is what I'm doing good enough? Am I myself good enough? Mm -hmm. So we've sort of, in in this world of just being attacked by all of this messaging and the fact that all of that messaging pertains to to, you know, leveling up, right? Like, you know, the, it's the next new phone or it's, you know, um, maybe, you know, there, there's a fear of missing out on something because everybody else has suddenly experienced something great and you're feeling kind of left behind, right? So the world is super efficient and we're sort of driven to keep up with that efficiency. But then on the flip side, we're feeling less secure because everything is is moving at such a fast pace. So, even when it comes to, let's say, you know, our education, you know, we're we're now at a place where, you know, if we're holding a job, maybe way back somebody was, you know, really skilled at their job, and and they just and they had that security. But now, maybe people are worried about losing their job because there is always someone else coming along who might be better. So we're sort of feeling this this uh, unease because we have to keep up and we have to try to be our best, and therefore 
we've, we, there's competition where there might not have been before, you know, when you're mm-hmm. the blacksmith in your town, right? <laughs> right. We get in that like comparison trap. Am there, I measuring up? Am I stacking up? You yeah. Know? Or what do I need to acquire mm-hmm. to kind of level myself up? Right. The high standards. Um, yeah. Just, you know, do, you know, yeah, do, do I have as much as the next person? Um, you're totally right about that. And keeping up with the Joneses, right? And, which is, which <laughs> is hard to do. Um, and I, and I don't think any of us necessarily want to be doing that, but whether we're, um, you know, whether we know we're doing it or not, we're at least being encouraged by our society to be doing that very thing. And I think that that for a lot of people is really difficult. It's really difficult. And it, it is a type of stress. We may not get that, you know, heightened fight or flight response from this comparison that we're making or this judgment we're placing on ourselves. But over time, that certainly builds up. It puts us in this like state of unease. And as you mentioned, insecurity, that's stressful. Right. Yeah. So this would be accumulative stress versus, you know, in, in a specific instance. Acute. Yeah. 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 Um, another thing is when you think about just where we're at in the world right now, um, we have a much greater diversity interaction. So, um, I, I actually, I was reading this article, I think it was psychology today and it was really, um, kind of, it was an interesting perspective because the author was saying that it was fair to ask whether our brains are fully equipped to handle the degree of diversity that we face today or not, uh, because we are so in touch with every single corner of the world uh, that we are suddenly not living the exact same lifestyle as the people in our community or our tribe. You know, we aren't all, we, we aren't the village, you know, we're kind of just the the melting pot of the world. And so we are constantly meeting up with those that don't share the same beliefs and ideals. So that, again, is sort of you know, building up that stress so that when we hit a point where maybe someone pushes a bit of a, a button, um, when it comes to, let's say, a topic like diversity, then, you know, it, then that might trigger that fight or flight because we're already kind of primed to, um, to attack, right? And I can attest to that <laughs> because as we were chatting a little earlier today, I, that's kind of where my brain's been at all day. We've got a lot of stuff going on in our current climate and that alone is stressful to me and overwhelming. So absolutely. And so this is actually – and you um, stop me if I'm getting ahead of myself – but when thinking about you know stress as and and people being you know diagnosed with um with with you know a, a stress as you know as a disease right um, I feel like what happens is you know often these diagnoses are resulting from people that are just having more intense reactions. Um, to social circumstances. So, I mean, we're all feeling these things to varying degrees, but I think just because we're all so unique, um, you know, think, I think on this show, we often talk about that, how everybody's needs are unique, right? And every everybody's everything is unique. And so everybody's reaction to stress and stressful situations and stressful conversations, you know, any form of stress, the reaction is going to vary, you know, and people are going to do different things. And some people are going to feel things more intensely and have a very difficult time coping with what maybe the next person might say, oh, that's terrible, but you know, no skin off my back, like we're going to be okay. So we, we kind of have to look at, at the fact that, you know, my stress versus your stress, it's not the same. We can't, it's not apples to apples. 
That's exactly right. And I, I want to touch on the point you said about stress as disease, you know, in our, in the conversation you had with Dr. Lodog, that was very Eastern medicine focused, you know, adaptogens. You guys talked a lot about some Ayurvedic herbs and really fantastic Eastern remedies, but even Western medicine, you know, which I tend to think of as more, um, kind of responding to acute situations versus, you know, optimal health Mm -hmm. maintenance. But even Western medicine recognizes that stress causes disease. And the reason this happened is, you know, all of those things that I listed earlier that happen when you become stressed, whether that's acutely or chronically, you're diverting resources in the body to help you flee this situation. So the rest of your body is not getting the optimal support that it needs. And over time, this is why we need adaptogens, Mm -hmm. you know, over time we become depleted. And so stress very much causes a disease. Stress in and of itself can be a disease. Right. And again, because people experience it differently, I think not everyone understands that. Exactly. And, you know, if I can share a personal anecdote, Colleen, um, you know, I've had a struggle with anxiety for the last several years of my life. And unless you've experienced anxiety, it can be really, really hard to help have somebody else understand that, which is also stressful, (laughs) you know, trying to express this to my family about why, you know, I had to leave dinner early because I was really freaking out. That doesn't make sense to them because they haven't experienced it. So there becomes this barrier between those who have experienced stress or anxiety or, you know, deal with it chronically versus those that haven't. And then that, I think that like chasm between us, you know, is is stressful as well. And then to take it even a level further, some of us are going to experience that that intense stress or anxiety and know exactly why, whereas others are going to have it come out of the blue and it's going to take a really long time to try to even begin to figure out why that episode occurred. Are there any specific tools that you rely on when you're feeling particularly stressed or you're going through an anxious time in your life? Well, I know that I'm definitely one who seems to use the flight response more. Um, I think when I've felt at my most stressed, I just want to get out of there. I just, I just want to take off. Um, I literally am in flight. Uh, I had, you know, a, a quick personal story of my own. It's not that exciting, but I was in an indoor flea market, and out of nowhere, I maybe it was the music playing, maybe it was like the look someone gave me. I have no idea. I'm still trying to figure it out. But all of a sudden, I, I experienced all of those symptoms of you know my heart rate was going up. I could like feel myself like struggling to breathe, and I just had to get out of there. Weird, right? I mean, I, I've been to this indoor flea market several times. I never had a reaction like that, but there was something that made me said made me say to myself, time to get out. Um, so, I, I mean, this sounds funny, but, and again, we're all different, but good old fashioned talking, you know, I, what I had to do was then sort of try to deconstruct what had happened as I sat in the car with my husband saying, I really don't know why I'm panicking right now. Um, you know, can, can we just talk about it? So, that to me is helpful. And, you know, then just sort of having, a bit, you know, this, we don't always have the luxury, but trying to then have a bit of quiet time to just realize that, you know, there was no tiger in the indoor flea market. Maybe there was, <laughs> but it was not living. <laughs> and I was going to be okay in that moment. Um, you know, so mm-hmm. I think just checking in, I think meditation would be an awesome, um, you know, something that that you know we could turn to. I'm not one to tend to meditate usually, you know, in different types of stressful situations. I actually like 
physical activity, but that's more when I know what's going on and I know I need to work out a problem in my head, very different kind of stress. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, so I think that the being more meditative, maybe, I, maybe I do that. Maybe I do kind of go into a little bit of a, um, you know, kind of introspective state, you know, even if I'm talking with someone or if I'm just trying to reflect myself, I think, um, you know, trying to clear out our mind really helps a lot. Well, two things, as you said earlier, you know, everyone reacts and responds to things differently. And so, you know, meditation is a great example of that. Meditation doesn't look mm. the same for all of us. So maybe, you know, talking with yourself and having that introspection is certainly a, you know, form of meditating on the situation. But I also, the other thing really love that you mentioned talking and, you know, we've had many conversations on this supplement show, but also offline of this Colleen, where I'm a, you know, a really big advocate for talking about mental health. I think, you know, there is a stigma around it, whether you're talking to colleagues or, you know, in the car with your husband, kind of breaking down what happened. I'm, I really feel strongly that we shouldn't be, you know, ashamed or kind of scared of these reactions we have to stress or anxiety. And talking is such, mm -hmm. such a powerful tool. So I, I really want to reinforce that, that finding somebody that you can confide in, whether that is, you know, family or friend or a, you know, professional, it's a really powerful tool. Yeah. And it seems a little too obvious, but I'm glad that maybe, um, you know, in touching upon it, I realize it's not always obvious to everyone. So, Yeah. Sounds good. Um, now, how about you? What, what, what do you do? Because you've had some, um, you know, kind of longer struggles with stress. And I'm sure you've started to maybe figure out what works for you and what doesn't. So talking is a big one for me, you know, talking through these situations. But I do really rely on meditation, especially in the moment to kind of calm me down. And for me, it's about focusing on something external, not festering on those feelings that I'm having and focusing on maybe my breathing. And that can really, really help slow the heart rate, kind of reduce that intense fight or flight feeling that you're having and let you see things in a little bit different perspective. It's not always foolproof. Sometimes I'm just, you know, a little too far gone for meditation to help, but it's always like my first step. And I know we've had an episode, we've talked about meditation on here before, and I've mentioned um, the app that I use, but I think we should link for that in the show notes again. That's the Headspace app. I love that for meditation because it's guided. It's like 10 minutes and there's even ones in there that are focused on stress support and things things like that. So meditation is kind of key for me. Uh, the other thing that I don't think we realize as much is that, you know, we know our diet has a huge role in our health, but it also plays a big role in our mental health and the way we respond to stress and anxiety. And I think in those moments, it's so, so easy. If you're stressed, you're anxious, maybe, you know, you need to eat, but you don't feel like it to, to reach for something easy mm -hmm. and not as healthy for you. But that you know, that strong building block, setting us up with that strong foundation of health will help us better navigate these challenges as we approach them. So something else like talking that seems kind of common sense, but when we get in these situations, I think it can be really easy to let healthy eating slip away. And so I, I try to incorporate, you know, very soothing kind of nourishing foods that make me feel comforted and hope. So comfort foods, but healthy comfort foods is something mm -hmm. that I go to as well. Um, and, and mindfulness. I know we talk about this so much, <laughs> but it can be a really powerful tool. I think when you're in those situations, just take a step back, be aware of what, what's going on, what you have for resources and tools around you. And I know we talked earlier about comparison being a bad thing or, a you know, a cause of stress, but I think 
looking around you and realizing all the things that you do have in your life that are positive and kind of meditating on those things can help you pull out of that dire situation. Like life's not so bad. I've got some good things going for me too. So you can kind of lump that in with meditation, but mindfulness I think is important for me as well. Yeah. And when you're saying these things, it's reminding me of sort of another tactic um, of just slowing down because our body's speeding up, right? Well, except for that digestion, because we're just trying to conserve energy so that we can continue to speed up, right? Right. Um, So, but we actually need to do the opposite, right? We need to try to slow all of that down um, so that, you know, biologically we're sort of, we're sort of balancing ourselves out, right? Because we don't need to fight and we don't need to flee. So we can just try to relax. And in doing that, it makes me think of, you know, my, my children, like when, you know, or any anyone, you know, with a child that suddenly um, goes into panic or maybe hurts themselves or whatever it is, you know, when, when we talk about comfort, and what it looks like to comfort a child. I mean, it's we're not running all over the place screaming, right? We're <laughs> we're we're holding that child, and we're you know maybe moving slowly, and we're talking calmly, and we're we're just slowing down. Um, so maybe even when you know, for those of us that can kind of see the stress, you know, as the the oncoming train, and we, we know it's headed in our direction, slowing down is is massive. You know, I mean, that really creates maybe a, a, a better response. Um, I don't want to say better, but a response that that um, doesn't cause us to go into such a dark place. Um, and I, I um, will link to this in the show notes as well. I have been enjoying the Slow Home podcast. Um, it's these two hosts. They're Australian. So they've got these lovely accents that I think that they could say anything. And I would immediately just kind of fall into like they have this nice <laughs> drawl. I don't know if that's the right word, um, but they just, they speak slowly and with, with just this lovely accent that's um, immediately, uh, you know, triggers this sense of peace for me. So I love to listen to them because they just kind of go on about how they lead a slow life and it's beautiful and it's very inspiring. And I I think that when we slow down, we automatically can become more mindful, like you said, um, and and maybe perhaps feel more of that comfort that is around us because we're we're not letting in so much light into our eyes. That's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that so fascinating? And I love what you said about, you know, if this were a child who was feeling this way, how would we respond? And it kind of reminds me, I'll probably butcher the phrase, but something like, you know, talk to yourself the way you talk to your best friend. Would you say like, oh, get your stuff together, you dummy? Well, maybe you would. I don't know. But, you know, if you if you have a best friend going through something stressful or some t- turmoil, talk to yourself the way you'd talk to them. I think we're really hard on ourselves. And that was a really powerful tool that I personally learned in this anxiety journey that I've been on is that inner dialogue. So kind of slowing down and being kind to yourself in those moments. It's not, Abby, get it together. Stop being stressed out. This is ridiculous. It's all right. You're feeling a lot of things right now. Take a deep breath. You are strong. You've got this. It sounds so like basic and silly that when I'm saying it out loud, but it's powerful, that inner dialogue. Well, and something that I love is I feel like you and I often are, are saying that like, gee, it seems so simple, but maybe it's a good reminder. And the thing is, is I mean, we, we kind of talk about these things because we want to provide some actionable inspiration, right? And if we had some crazy 10-step plan to de-stressing, um, 
people probably wouldn't follow it. Um, so <laughs> yeah, induce more stress. Did I did I skip eight yeah, step eight? Yeah, we, a lot of us don't actually have time for those types of things. I mean, we can make time for them if they're that important, right? And I'm sure there's some great things out there, um, but we're just trying to hit on some basics because. I know that I always hit points of revelation when someone's telling me something that I do already know and I just forgot. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Any last big thoughts before we close this one out? I just want to bring it. I want to bring it home to that conversation you had with Dr. Love Dog because I don't want us to forget adaptogens as a powerful tool. I think everything we've talked about are things that you can physically do in the moment, kind of mentally, internally to manage stress and anxiety. But there's certainly nothing wrong uh, with reaching for that ashwagandha or you know, that Bacopa that you might be looking for to help you get through this situation. So I, I do want to, you know, remind everyone that there are some phenomenal tools out there when it comes to herbal ingredient supplements that can help us support this stress response as well. We want to mentally support ourselves, but we do need to physically support ourselves as well because, you know, our pupils are dilating, our heart rate's going up, things are happening. We're depleting our body of nutrients, of all these different things. So we want to replenish it. And if we replenish it, then we're going to be more likely to navigate that situation better in the future. I'm grateful for that inclusion. That's a perfect way to round this out. And that episode was really interesting. Um, you know what? It was stressful too because I was talking to such an expert and I was like, hi, what are adaptogens? So <laughs> it was a bit stressful, but but not in a bad way. Um, I I really did take away a lot and I'm very excited to um, to, to dabble a little bit, um, you know, responsibly <laughs> with adaptogens. So uh, great shout out. And I just have to mention that as you were talking, one of my chickens is clearly laying an egg. So I don't know if it's picking up on the audio, but, um, there's a, a, a feathered lady out there who's definitely sounding pretty <laughs> stressed out herself. Uh, thankfully she does it once a day. So I think she knows what's going on, but just a funny side note. <laughs> Well, I think I should let you go tend to that chicken. Yeah, I don't know what I can do for her other than say thanks for the egg. (laughs) But but sounds good. Um, Good talk, Abigail, as always. And can't wait to talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good, Colleen. Thanks so much. (laughs) Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Megafood. Keeping it real. Making vitamin and mineral supplements in New Hampshire since 1973. Committed to making products that use real food from family-owned farms to make a real difference, they've produced some of the most effective and far-out supplements available today. Fresh from farm to tablet, there's no psych about it. Megafood is as real as it gets. Do yourself a solid and catch them on the flip side at megafood.com. If you have a moment, leave a review on iTunes and let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. The statements in this podcast have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.